Before we actually get into this episode, I do want to let you all know that I had to film this episode over the span of two days. So when I first was recording the episode, I did run into some technical difficulties because our power went out. There was a power outage in our entire area for multiple hours. The power outage probably started around 1245 and they didn't come back on until like 435. So they were out for a very long time. So as a result of that, I did lose all of my audio for about 50 minutes of the podcast. I am going to try my best to fix that audio in iMovie because I did not lose my footage. I just lost my audio. So I'm going to try my best to clean up the audio from the footage. Just keep in mind as you guys are listening that it is audio from my camera and my camera is not that close to me. (laughs) I know it probably looks super close to me, but that's the lens that I have. It zooms in a little bit, but the camera is pretty much far from me and the audio on my camera is not as great as this microphone that I invested so much money into. So I just wanted to come on here and let y'all know that. Please give me grace through this episode. Give me mercy. I did not want to re-record what I've already recorded because it was so authentic. Holy Spirit was speaking so good through the, those portions of this episode. And I did not want to re-record it and be inauthentic. So I pray that y'all understand 50 minutes into the footage is going to come to like good audio because everything is working now. We're in a different day. So I just want to give y'all that disclaimer. Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. I am still in the process of trying to learn the lesson of what happened yesterday. There's multiple things that happened besides the audio. You guys go check out my blog. That should be out where I discuss it all. So just keep me in your prayers for that. I hope that you all enjoy this episode. And I pray that if this is something that the enemy was just trying to stop, I pray that the person that he was trying to stop it from getting to, I pray that it gets to you. I did my part to make sure it gets to you, okay? So just know that the enemy will not prevail, cannot prevail. It's a fixed fight. God has already won, and I'm leaning into him right now. So with that being said, you guys enjoy the episode. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Today's the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finish that scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia, but you can call me Shay, and I am your host of Obedience Podcast. Here on Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God, B, believing in God's word, E, evolving your kingdom walk, and Y, yielding to Holy Spirit. So if you think you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on any of our podcasts and platforms, be sure to hit that follow button so you all are notified every single time we upload. But for all of our returning subscribers and listeners, welcome back and let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 21 of Obedience Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and that is such an honor. So before I dive deep into this episode, I do have to invite my co-host in, Holy Spirit. So let's take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. Father God, (laughs) I want to thank you so much for allowing me to get on this platform another week. I want to pray, Lord, that there are no additional technical difficulties. I thank you for giving me the strength to get through all the technical difficulties and know that this word will prevail because your plans always prevail and you 
want this episode to get out. So I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that whoever the enemy is trying to stop this word from getting to, I pray that they receive it, they hear it, and they begin to live it out. I pray, Lord, as I go through this episode, that I can hear your wisdom. I can speak with your mouth, speak with your mind. And I pray that the viewers are listening with your ears and listening with your mind. I pray, Lord, in this episode for more of you and less of me. And I thank you for everything that has led up to this point. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so now that I welcome my calls in, let's go ahead and jump into the highlight portion of the episode. So this portion of the episode is used to big up God in any area in your life where he's doing amazing things for you. If it's for the week, for the month, for the year, whenever, just to shout God out for what he's done and share with everyone. You can do it in this portion of the episode. And then also to share any little moments that you have where you need prayer in. Me and my team are always looking to pray for you and every viewer on the episode can pray for you as well. If you would like to submit any higher lows to the podcast, you can always do so by either submitting to our email email address or people's podcast at gmail.com any of our social media platforms and also lastly our google form submission that is in the show notes below we are always checking all three of those areas so do not hesitate to let us know the high and lows to big up god in any area or ask for prayer in any area of your lives we are always looking for submissions so with that being said let me go ahead and get into my high for this week so my high actually happened yesterday, and it is definitely a praise moment that I have to give glory to God on. So if you all don't know, in my free time, I do like to deliver groceries to make additional money. It's an app called Spark. It's through Walmart. So if you have a Walmart in your area, I'm pretty sure that Spark is available. It's on the App Store or Google Play, whichever phone device you have and pretty much what you do is you go to Walmart you pick up the groceries either at the Walmart pickup or sometimes you have to shop and then you deliver it to the customer's house it's easy extra money I love to do it okay I love the extra money that comes from it so if you do need some extra money I do encourage you to sign up for it okay but with that being said yesterday me and my mom were out delivering for Spark and it was the sun was going down, it was around 7.45, 8 o'clock-ish, and so the sun was setting. And so we were doing our last order, because we tried to be out there at nighttime. We were driving down the road, and this was a woody area. It was full of subdivisions, but there is still woods in that area. So we were driving down the road, and a little bit before the situation actually happened, I was complaining about how slow I was going, because I was actually going to speak to them, and the road is really long. Usually when roads are that long, you can go 50. But in this area, the speed limit is 40. And I was going to speed limit because I respect that area's speed limit. So I was going 40, right or not. And I complained about it. And then my mind, it went to another world, which it always does. I'm always thinking about stuff. But as I was in another world, Holy Spirit caused my foot to ease up on the gas. And so I started going under the speed limit without my knowledge. But now that I look back on it, I know that it was Holy Spirit easing my foot up off of that gas. So I'm driving down the road in my own little world and at the corner of my eye, I see what I thought was a huge dog run past the road right in front of my car, like two or three inches from my car. And as I saw it, I was saying, look at that big old dog. 
But before I could actually get it out of my mouth, I realized that it was a deer. And so y'all know deers can do a horrible job on your car if you actually hit them. And if I would have been going the actual speed limit, which I had just complained about, if I had been going that speed limit, I would have definitely hit that deer. But Holy Spirit stepped in, eased my foot up off of that gas to make me go under the speed limit so I would just miss the deer. Nobody in this world can tell me that that wasn't Holy Spirit because I literally a few seconds before that had complained about the speed limit. So glory to God on protecting and covering us. I have to give them the praise in that area, okay? Once me and my mama realized what it was, I was just like in awe. And my mama was just like over that praising. She couldn't even say it was dear. She was just like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what my mom was over there doing. I'm just like in awe, like, Holy Spirit. You know, couldn't even talk. <laughs> so praise God for that. I knew I had to share today. And I think that's an amazing high for me. And I thank God so much for protecting us. So I have two lows for this week. So the first law I want to update you guys on my whole ear situation. So if you tuned into the last episode, I talked about like what was going on with my ear. So I want to give you guys an update on that. My ear is doing a whole lot better. It's not a hundred percent better, but it's like we're at like 60% right now, which I am not complaining about. I'm very, very thankful about it. Okay. I am not in extreme pain anymore. I don't feel like that little itching sensation at all times, but I do feel it sometimes. So that's why I'm not seeing I'm 100% better when like it's 60% better. I've been treating it with everything that I said before. So my Xhance nasal spray, I have some Clonase and I have a decongestant that I actually started taking. The left ear is still doing good. Hallelujah, praise God. It's still good, doing good from what I asked you guys for prayer for this ear. So the antibiotics that the doctor put me on, it did get rid of the issues in this ear. But now this ear is acting up, but it's getting better. Like I said, I think it was all me. I don't think it's affected. But if it's two weeks and over, I'll definitely go to the doctor. But I'll keep you guys updated on that. Now, my second low, I just want you all to keep me and my mom in your prayers as we are preparing to go to the Women Involved Conference hosted by Mrs. Sarah Jakes Roberts herself. So, all the way back in 2022, when I was doing C Bible study, I just felt led to go ahead and buy the tickets for me and my mom to go to the conference. And so, a year later, here we are getting ready to go to the conference. And so, I just need prayer in that area that I don't get so overwhelmed. And ask you guys to ask for traveling grace or pray for traveling grace for me and my mom as we are traveling to Texas. We have decided to drive. It's going to be an eight-hour drive. So, just keep us in your prayers. That's all the lows that I have. So let's go ahead and switch over to the viewer high and low submission. So praise God, I did get a viewer high and low submission. I'm very excited. It's been a couple weeks without some submissions. So thank you so much, Michelle, for sending in your high and low submissions. I really do appreciate it. So I'm going to read her highs first. Let me zone in. Her first high is her baby Ray is getting so big. She's so healthy and hitting all of her milestones. I'm very excited about that. So if you guys don't know, Michelle had a baby this year and she's just saying that the baby is doing so good. So we're going to get on that. Y'all continue to keep baby Ray in your prayers as she continues to grow healthy and strong. She also has another high for her husband. 
So she says, I have from my husband. He just finished a huge part of his apprenticeship at work. He passed the big test and he's getting a raise. Hallelujah. That is so amazing. Hallelujah. But there is a low attached to it. Low for my husband. They are talking of changing his work schedule and he's hoping that it'll be similar to the one we have now. So I'll just be praying in that area. What I'm going to pray for is that you all have peace in what God chooses for him. I do pray that it's going to be the same work schedule, but remember we have to allow room for God to do what he needs to do in our lives. You know, going back to yield. We have to yield to God and allow him to do what he wants us to do. And sometimes we will want something and instead of praying for God's will in that area, we'll pray for what we want, our desires. But I have learned over time to pray for peace of what God's will is because God's will is not always what we have in mind. And if you guys watch my YouTube channel, you will see where I logged on going through my work experience and how I wanted a new job, but God's will spoke differently. And through that experience, I learned that what you want, God will answer, but not always in the way that you want him to answer. And so sometimes you do need to pray for peace in God's answer. Because let's say that his work schedule is completely different. If God wills for him to pass that apprenticeship, to pass the big test, and get a raise, he's going to work it out for whatever schedule that you all have. I pray that that makes sense, but I do pray that he has that same schedule, but I just wanted to pray for peace for you all regarding whatever will that God has. I hope that makes sense. But she also has another low, so let me pull that one up. So her low says, remember how I told you God told me to leave my job, like after my contract was up in May. He told me not to renew. So all summer, I applied for jobs in the field I felt like he was telling me to pursue. I'm sure I did at least 40 applications. I got about 10 or so denials, and the rest were no responses. So you know what I did? Out of fear and also comfort, I asked the director of my school if I could come back, and she welcomed me back easy. I tell you, sometimes Amy does make things super easy for you. Where did I stop? Anyway, pre-planning went great, and when the school year started, I felt this immediate cloud of regret and feeling like, why am I here? And what makes it worse is maybe a week after I started back at work, I heard back from this nonprofit, making 20K more than what I make now. But it was full time with the schedule that conflicts with my husband's work schedule, but I couldn't believe it. I didn't take the job because it was completely different from where I am now, which in May, God told me to prepare mentally for a change. The schedule didn't work. I would lose my discount with Joseph going there for pre-K. But every morning I wake up and go to work honestly wishing I was patient with God because I do not want to be there. Another low, please pray for my family and my marriage. We are going through a hard time right now. Just to acknowledge that last low, I will be praying for you and your family in this season. I do believe by faith that you all will get through this season, okay? I pray for God's peace as you all are going through this season. And I pray that even though the season is hard, you continue to see God in this hard season. And I encourage you to lean on Galatians 6 and 9. Okay, I've been through that season 
where things were hard and I grew weary. And you know, in my entire year of 29 series, I talked about that, I gave tips and tricks, but I want you to really lean into that scripture and just know once you get to the end of whatever this season is, you're going to reap. You're going to reap, just continue to not grow weary and continue to thank God, continue to lean on God in those areas, continue to implement the rest acronym that I gave you. Rest is required experience is necessary so what you're going through right now is going to be necessary for the next blessing that god has for you as is for seek god continue to seek god in this time in your life get up and eat remember that was the message in that so stay in the word of god through this season and last you need a team which you've already done by reaching out to the community of the obedient family so we can pray for you in agreement so you've already done one step just continue to do the other things and you will get through this time period you and your family will get through this time period and you will see god on the other side okay let's go back up to yellow okay fear 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 comfort 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 you are not alone let me just say that you are not alone in the way you responded i'm responding that way so this is no judgment over here no judgment zone i've been in situations where the comfort zone was so much easier and like i mentioned as i was reading the enemy makes things so easy for you to get back into after god told you to leave them he makes it so easy but it's okay because sometimes failure is required and the great thing about it too is just because you may have gone back to something out of fear out of comfort doesn't mean that God has erased you or God has erased that promise. And you never know. You said that in May, God told you to prepare mentally for a change. So maybe that change was your husband getting a new job, or maybe the change was the hard time that you're having in your family, or maybe the change was you were about to enter into a season where you're going to feel regret. You just have to continue to seek God and he will reveal more and more to you what he meant by that. You'll, you'll see it. But what I wanted to say in this moment, as I read this, I felt like you were upset with yourself, feeling like you failed at the obedience that God was giving you. But I want to encourage you, and it goes so perfectly with with, with what God has on the schedule for the podcast, that sometimes failure is necessary. Failure is not the end of the world. God will still be with you in the failure. You remember, God sees everything from the top down. So he already saw in his little map that you would go back to that job. He, and he has it all planned out. Let's say it wasn't a mistake for you to go back. He will fix everything in his plan to get you right back to where he needs you to be. Okay? And it may take a little bit longer than what he originally planned, but it's going to happen. Just keep that in mind. It's going to happen. And I have an episode coming out where I'm going to talk about failure. Because I've been through failure. I've seen failure in the Bible and I felt God tell me to speak on failure. And this is actually confirmation. Your your low is confirmation. Because you all need to hear a word on knowing that sometimes failure is necessary and failure is not the end of the world. 
So I cannot wait to get the episode out to encourage you and to encourage anybody else out there who feels like they're going through a time where they're just like full of failure. But in that episode, I'm going to lay out failure all throughout the Bible and how God still saw those people through. So just remember, even if you feel like you feel right now, God will still see you through. You may wake up and feel regret, but if you wake up, get ready for work, praise, worship, seek God, you will feel his peace in that area until he can get everything back how he planned accordingly. So do not be discouraged and wait for the episode about failure. And I promise you, God has not left your side. God has not given up on you. He's still right there by you, okay? So just be encouraged in that. All right, obeyers out there. I want y'all to be in prayer with Michelle on everything that I just said. We have to strengthen our sister in Christ up so she can get through this time, all right? So I know I will be in prayer, and I just told the obeyers to be in prayer too. So we got you, girl. We're praying over you. All right, so that is all of your high and low submissions that I have. So let's go ahead and jump into the topic of the episode. So this episode is going to be a little different than what I normally do. So normally I'll sit here and I'll give you guys a great introduction on how we got to the episode. And then I'll give you guys some biblical background with scriptures, a story for the Bible to confirm the word that God has given me. And then I'll give you all my key takeaways, okay? But we're going to do things a little different in this episode because I want to share with you guys 20 things I learned in my 20s. So if you do not know, in August, I celebrated my 30th birthday. And I did an entire series on it where I reflected on my year 29 and everything that God taught me while I was 29. And then I share with you all the word for 30. And then I share with you all the word that God gave me for my year of 30 that I need to lean on. So I do encourage you to go watch the episode. If you've missed it, you do not have to leave this episode. You can go ahead and finish this out and then go back to get the details of what my word is. But the word that God has given me for 30 is the word be. He wants me to be the best version of myself. That's what God is telling me for the year of 30. In order to be the best version of myself, I did have to reflect on some things. And I've learned a lot in my 20s, okay? And I feel like the things that I've learned in my 20s is what is going to help me be the best that I can be in my year of 30, in my decade of 30. So I thought it only right to share with you all the 20 things that I learned in my 20s. I promise y'all, <laughs> this is going to be the last content regarding my birthday, but I really felt like it was important to get out and share with you all the 20 things. I was going to try to include it in the last episode, but the episode would have been way too long. And the things I'm going through, I really want to touch on each one of them one by one without having to rush through it. So that's why I wanted to dedicate this solo episode to it, okay? So I'm excited to get into it. If you guys have turned 30, 40, let me know some things that you learned in your 20s that you are still carrying over in your life. It doesn't have to be 20, it can be one or two things. But let me know some key things that you learned in your 20s that you have been able to apply to your life going forward that has allowed you to be the, the best version of yourself. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into my 20 things. I do want to let you all know that these are in no particular order. As they came to me, I wrote them down, okay? So it's not like a, I learned this first, I learned this second. It's just how they came to me, okay? So the first thing I learned in my 20s is friendship is about quality, not quantity. 
Now, in my early 20s, I really wanted a group of friends. Have you guys ever seen girlfriends or a living single or um, Tyler Perry's sisters? Like, they have this group of solid friendships or sometimes it's a lot of friendships. Like, I wanted that so bad. And I was not seeking friendships based off of the quality of the friendship, like what that friend could do for me. It was all about, I have to get this group of friends and we have to hang out together and we have to make the best girlfriends experience ever. Now I say girlfriends because that is like the first show that I can vividly remember where it was talking about friendships and I love that show, okay? So that is what I wanted, okay? And also growing up, I would see a lot of other people have lots of friends. Like when you see people get married, they have all of these bridesmaids up there. And so I was just like, I have to have lots of friends. That's all I was driven by is having a quantity of friends. So when I throw something, it's not like, oh, she doesn't have any friends. My family, they would be like, well, she only has one or two friends. And that used to really hurt me until I sit there and I reflected, y'all don't have no friends. <laughs> really had said that one day and I was like hold up because well we have one of these for y'all I don't have no friends show up either y'all have one or two friends show up you know but after I sit down and I fucking on that I stopped feeling bad like okay yeah I got one two three four friends and I'm proud of it because friendship is not about quantity it's about quality the quality of the friendships and once I learned that, I stopped being so down on myself because I would be so down on myself and just tell myself that I did not matter because there were not people out there who cared for me, if that makes sense. But one thing I have noticed over time is if you do have a big group of friends, a lot of drama can come out of it. If you have the wrong friends, I should say, because you can have a big group of Christian friends and everything can be okay. But friendship is not about quantity. Who you are to Christ, what God has prepared you in this life, is not based off of the quantity of friends that you have at all. I have determined that I am an introvert. I am a natural introvert, and that's how God made me, and I'm not going to change how God made me. I was designed to have a small group of friends from birth, because that is how God designed me. So... I say it loud and proud. Friendship is not about quantity, it's about quality. And I have some quality friends, all my friends out there, thank y'all so much, for dealing with it. <laughs> I say it all the time because an introvert is not the easiest person to deal with. All right, the second thing that I have learned in my 20s is failure is necessary. Like I talked about in the high-low portion, I have an entire episode that I'm going to do on the podcast where I'm going to go into detail about failure in the Bible and how God stuck with the people. One thing that I have realized in my 20s is that when you go through failure, you're learning in that process. And so sometimes failure is necessary so you can learn something from that situation and take it into the next thing. So in my last two vlogs, I talked about how I interviewed for a position. And I was recording it so excited, but once I realized I'm probably not going to get this job, I stopped recording. I stopped vlogging, and I was just like, this is not going up. And 
and that that's when God revealed to me this failure is not a bad thing and I had put everything on failure being a bad thing and I did not want to deal with it I did not want to show people my failure but you see God in failure so why would you hide that from other people I am in this is what God was telling me he was like I am in this you may have failed to the world but I'm preparing you for something bigger it's really not failure in my book it's really experience but if you want to call it failure it's necessary so stop trying to hide this failure because this failure is tied to a testimony that I have for you so I need you to get this failure out but it is so hard especially for me to accept failure because failure is not this thing that a lot of people talk about failure is not something that people just throw out there loud and proud but I can say a lot of the times I have stopped myself from doing something because I was afraid that I would fail and I do not like to tell people I failed. If you guys remember when I did the, I forgot what it was called, but I was pretty much doing a challenge where I was going to eat healthy and I was going to document it for you all. And I got so wrapped up in failing with, with the idea of failing and y'all knowing that I failed, that I made myself fail because I got so anxious that I just didn't do any vlogs. I didn't comment in the weight loss group because I was just like, all these people are depending on me. What if I fail? And I got so in my mind on that that I ended up failing, which I talked about that in a previous episode. But I'm going to let that go in my 30s. I am not going to let failure be a roadblock in my life anymore. I'll let it be a speed bump, you know. I got to slow down, but I'm still going to go over it. But it's not going to be a roadblock where I'm going to turn around and run away from it. So failure is necessary, you guys. The next thing I learned in my 20s, it honestly goes with the second thing that I talked about. But perfectionism is a drug. Oh, y'all. I have been saying time and time again, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Because I know I am. I realized a while ago that I was a perfectionist. And... I realized too how dangerous perfectionism was in ministry. And so I didn't want to live my life with perfectionism having a hold on me. But it's also not that easy to let go. I can tell y'all it's not that easy to let go. So I say I'm a recovering perfectionist because I have gotten better with perfectionism, but I have not completely recovered. Sometimes I can look at things and be like, shit, it's not a big deal, and just like let it go. But then other times I cannot let that thing go. I was just like, oh my gosh, this looks horrible. But especially in solo ministry, I cannot let perfectionism have a hold on me. But I am a recovering addict from it. That's why I said it's a drug, because I was thriving off of that perfectionism drug. I really was. But Perfectionism is a form of not trusting God. Okay, because sometimes God may want that little mistake in it. You never know. Perfectionism is not a good thing all the time. It is great in certain aspects of my life. It's one of those things that helps me thrive in my job. It does help with podcasts because I will not just put out half done work. I'm going to make sure it's quality, 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 quality. But also sometimes like everything is not going to be this picture perfect thing. 
And that's what I have to like tell myself when I'm getting like overwhelmed. Cause sometimes I will not want to put out a vlog because I'm like, this is not a perfect vlog. This is this this editing is not what I imagined. I don't have all the clips I wanted. But if I don't go ahead and let that pour, I'm not getting the word that God wanted me to get out. I'm not showing the part of my life that God wanted me to see. You know, I'm not perfect. Nobody in life is perfect. And that's one thing that I have definitely had to tell myself over and over again. Perfectionism is a drug. You need to recover from it. And the reason I said it wasn't so perfect with failure is because in my mind, everything has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then therefore I failed. Or if I failed at something, then therefore it's not perfect. And that really goes into my perfectionism and causes me to be anxious and depressed. And that does go into how I look and my weight. As I have gotten older, I have definitely been harder on myself. Look-wise, it all goes back to perfectionism. Everything on my body is going to be perfect, but that doesn't hold up the ministry, you know. And a lot of times, I was letting that affect the ministry. I really was. I even let it affect me going to church. I've talked about it before. I wasn't going to church because I could not fit in with my clothes, and I did not want to go to church looking the old way. And it's not just church. I didn't want to go out looking all the way. So I have to let the perfectionism go because you can live an active lifestyle and go through the process of losing weight, but it's not going to happen overnight. So just because you're in this setting or you're in this time period of your life, are you going to let it stop your life? It's basically what I feel like God has been trying to teach me. So I'm learning to accept it. Not accept it, but I'm learning to accept how I am now, knowing that I am in that I am on a path to a different life or a different me. I'm on a path, but you have to accept where you are now because nothing happens overnight. I hope that makes sense. Y'all let me know. <laughs> the fourth thing that I learned in my twenties is forgiveness does not require reconciling. And this is a really important one, and it's one that I stand firm on. And I will tell anybody in it in a quick second about this. So I really mostly learned about this when I was going through the process of forgiving my high school ex. Yes, child, years ago, but I got, I got through it, okay? But I remember he reached out to me and I was able to get off my chest everything that I had to say, but also tell him, but I forgive you for it. I wanted to let you know that I Everything that you did, it wasn't just written off. I know what it was. This is what you did to me. You don't have to apologize to me, okay? But I forgive you. Pretty much is how the conversation went. And then, of course, after that, he tried to rekindle things, tried to reconnect. But I was like, no. I know that's, this is not what God asked for me in my life. I just need to go and use this forgiveness, okay? That's when I first learned it. But... Like I said, I would encourage anyone, just because you have forgiven somebody, it's not me. You have to reconcile with them. God got you out of that situation for a reason. You don't want to introduce that situation back into your life, especially when God has gotten you out of it. So don't hold on to anger that you have for someone 
honestly, truly in your heart, forgive them. If you feel like you can't forgive them, ask God to help you forgive them. But just remember, just because you've forgiven somebody, you do not have to let that person back in your life. Because you have forgiven someone doesn't mean their actions have changed. Because I have gone through that situation before where I have forgiven someone and then they proceeded to do the same thing to me. So their actions didn't change at all, even though I had forgiven them. And so me putting myself back in their presence, giving them that chance again, it scarred me again. And I had to go through that forgiveness process again because they did the exact same thing to me. So just keep that in mind. If you do want to reconcile with that person, I'm not telling you not to. I just want you to keep in mind that every single time you forgive someone, doesn't mean that that person has changed. Okay, and the next thing I learned in my 20s is that it's okay to be single. This is the fifth thing. It's okay to be single. Now, a lot of people probably like look at me crazy being 30 and I just feel like I'm 30 and thriving in my singleness. I would not mind a relationship, but I do not need a relationship. Let me say it again. I would not mind a relationship, but I don't need a relationship. I'm already made whole. I'm already satisfied. There is not anything I feel is missing in my life, like our emptiness in my life when it comes to not being in a relationship. I do desire that. It would be great, a great addition to my life, but it doesn't make my life. And I feel like in my 20s, I felt like relationships made my life. My life was driven by relationships. I did not have a life. I did not have an identity if I was not in a relationship, if I was not connected to someone. Because I felt like being in a relationship connected me to having a life. So it, it would connect me to having family, to having a child, to going out and doing things. So I felt like my life was all held in having a relationship when that's not what made my life. My identity wasn't in a relationship. So now that I've gone through my twenties and I've done the self-reflection, I know that my life isn't made in the in a relationship. My life is made through Christ. So I have my identity in Christ. And so I'm able to have life and have a purpose and have happiness through working in my ministry. Well, I feel whole, I feel complete. So like I said, a relationship would be an addition to my life, but it doesn't make my life. My life is made here, ministering for God. And I try my best to like tell people like, you know, it's okay to be single. People are so scared to be single. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. When you're single, you get to know yourself. You get to know what you do want and what you don't want. You get to learn how not to settle. You learn so much in your singleness. And I feel sometimes if you don't go through that period of time in your life where you're single, it's just certain things you won't learn. So I try to encourage people about that. I do have family members who will walk up to me and just be like, oh, we got to get you this. Or they'll think that I am just so sad because I don't have, it's, it's never that. Okay, I am content. And I thank God that I am content because I, I was not always here. But through the work of Christ within me, growing closer to God, doing the work in therapy, I have gotten over that. So that's why I say I don't need it. I want it, but I don't need it. And when you don't need it, you won't settle. So, all right. The sixth thing I learned in my 20s is 
no is not a bad word. And this is still a work in progress, y'all, but I do not like saying the word no. I've accepted it. It's one of the first things, well, second things that me and my therapist worked on is getting me to the point of not being a people pleaser. I am definitely a people pleaser, but I had to get out of that mindset because it was not helping me. Saying yes to people when I have something to do is not going to help me. So I would say yes to stuff that I just knew I could not do because I had something planned for the ministry, but I would say yes because the person asked me to do it. And it would mess up my ministry. Would they care? No, because they only cared about what they asked me to do. So I've set up some firm boundaries and I say no to things. And, and I feel like people in my life, they know, okay, on Thursdays, you cannot mess with Shay because Shay goes live. So anything that I need to do on Thursday, I already know she's going to say no to. Same thing with Tuesday. So it was hard, but no is not a bad word. And it really does go back to, you know, me being a people pleaser and also feeling like if I say no, that people will not have love for me anymore. It was connected to that as well. But if that is what makes people love you, then they don't really love you. And I'm okay with, I don't need that person in my life. But it's still a process because like literally saying no to someone when they ask me, I literally feel like it's a curse in my life. And it's so hard for me to say, because I don't curse. So it's really hard for me to say, pray for me, y'all, pray for me. But I do know that no is not a bad word. I just have to continue to tell myself that, okay? And the next one does like go into it as well, because I did mention it. But number seven is you have to set boundaries. If you do not set boundaries, people will continue to run over you. Even if that person loves you, they will continue to run over you just because you're allowing them to do it. And that's why I had to set up boundaries. Because you may not care as much for my ministry as I do, but I care a lot about it. So on Thursdays, I go live. So don't call me. Don't text me. Don't ask me anything on Thursdays. I can't do it. I go live. This is what makes me happy. This is what drives my life. I'm going to have to let you do this. I also have to set up feelings, boundaries as well for myself. As it relates to like the podcast, like, okay, I have family members who will not watch my podcast. And I've had to set up boundaries for myself and be like, Shay, they're not going to watch it. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Stop trying to make them watch it. That's the boundary I set up for myself. Because the more and more I try to get that person to watch it, the more and more they don't, the more resentful I get when I already know they're not going to do it. <laughs> so... I just have to set up a little boundary for myself to protect my feelings and also protect what I have going on in life. So yeah, you have to set up boundaries. And just because you set up boundaries doesn't mean that you're doing a bad thing. Just because that person doesn't like your boundaries doesn't mean that your boundary is a bad thing. So the eighth thing that I learned in my 20s is that you can't control other people's emotions. So for example, going back to the seventh thing that I learned, the whole boundaries discussion that we just had, 
if I set up a boundary that you cannot contact me on Thursday because I have ministry things to do and you proceed to get mad because you cannot contact me, it is not my fault that you are upset. It's your fault that you are upset. So that's why I mean by you cannot control other people's emotions. And a lot of the times we as human beings, especially if you're a people pleaser like me, you do try to control people's emotions. You do try to make sure they don't get upset. You do try to say things nicely so the person doesn't get upset. But when you do things like that and it like bites you in the butt, you get upset because this thing happened to you. Like, for example, I had a time when a friend was like, well, I tried to relay this to you as nice as possible and you still got upset and that made me upset. Just because you say something super nice doesn't mean that that person isn't going to react how they once react. You know, you cannot control other people. You can only control yourself. And me learning that has really helped me move forward in life. Because like I said, I am a recovering people pleaser. And a lot of the times in my life, I was always trying to do things where I would not hurt someone's feelings or I would make everyone feel okay. Everyone is going to be happy when it comes to me. But even if I try my best, I try to do all that, it's not going to control how that person feels. And another thing with that is just because you always say yes to somebody, it doesn't mean that their emotions to you is always going to be nice. And so that helps me say no too, because love is not found in doing physical things or doing things for someone is it's found in a different place which I don't want to get too much into that because it's going to go into another topic that I have but just basically no you cannot control other people's emotions it even goes like down to relationships I can remember I was going through a breakup I would try to get that person to not break up with me and we all have been there if a person wants to break up with you, it's nothing that you can do to stop them from breaking up with you. You cannot control their emotions. And a lot of the times, their emotions have nothing to do with you. I remember in my late 20s, I was determined to make a situation work just because I didn't want to be the person that caused this. But it had nothing to do with me. I did everything that I could physically do as a person, physically, mentally, emotionally, I had did everything that I could do. The issue was with that person. And so it was nothing that had anything to do with me. It wasn't my fault that they felt the way that they felt. But a lot of times we blame ourselves, say, oh, I wasn't enough in this relationship. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. You can sit there and fully evaluate. No, I did everything I was supposed to do. I was emotionally available. I was definitely supportive. I did everything that I can do. I put my heart out on the line. If you can genuinely evaluate yourself and say that, then the breakup was not your fault. It was on that person. And that has truly helped me evaluate relationships with people to know okay it's not my fault there's a time and a season for every person in your life you know that has truly truly helped me in my 20s and definitely something I'm gonna continue to live out in the rest of my life the next thing that's on my list number nine that I learned in my 20s is you're this is funny (laughs) I literally wrote you're not their mom miss bob the builder And the reason I wrote that, if y'all have ever watched Bob the Builder, y'all know the theme song. Bob the Builder, can you fix it? Bob the Builder, yes, we can. Sis, no, you can't always fix it. And I literally thought I was Bob. Okay, call me Bobby with an I. I was Bob. 
I literally always tried to fix things. And that's why I said, Mrs. Mom, Miss Mom, you're, you're not their mom. You're not their mom. And it's something that I realized in my later 20s that I was a fixer. And it's very damaging to yourself always trying to be a fixer because you're trying to fix something that that person cares nothing about being fixed. <laughs> Why are you stressing yourself out? And they aren't stressed out. Answer that for me, sis. Because it was me. It was me. That's what I was doing. An example that I have is as we were getting ready to go on my 30th birthday to Jamaica, I was stressing out because I wanted to make sure everybody had a seat on the plane. If they don't care about going on that app and picking that seat, Shay, why are you caring about it? I literally had to step away from the situation and say, Shay, if they don't care, why do you care? And I can name so many times in my life where I have tried to fix something that I felt like was an issue and try to control situations because I felt like it was an issue and I felt like I knew how to make it better and stress myself out because that person does not care about it at all. And a great example that I can give you, if I saw something in someone's life where I'm like, Christ can fix that, Christ can fix that, I would try my best to be like, watch this podcast, watch this sermon, read the scripture, just trying over overboard, overloading on that person because I felt like that's how we can fix it. And I was stressed out about it. Like, oh my gosh, why aren't they watching this podcast? Why aren't they watching this scripture? Why aren't they coming to church? All that. You cannot fix people's issues if they don't want the issue fixed or if they don't even see an issue. And I have to tell myself that still at times because it's just in me. It's one of my spiritual gifts to help people. Okay, mercy is one of my spiritual gifts. It's not my highest one, but it's one of them. But it's in me. I want to help people. And it's something that I grew up seeing. And I'm so thankful that I have that trait. And I'm not going to just like completely let it go. But there's a place in time where you have to look at the situation and say, this person doesn't want to help themselves or this person doesn't see an issue in this. So there's nothing that I can do in that scenario. Realizing that truly will help you let things go. Like I said, there have been so many times where I have stressed myself out over someone else's issue. I mean, blood boiling, trying to fix this issue, and it has nothing to do with me. And it's like, Shay, would they go that hard trying to fix the issue for you? No, they wouldn't. So that has truly helped me. <laughs> I even got kudos from my therapist. She was just like, I see where you realize where you end in people's situations. She said, I see you realizing where you end and you let it go. And I'm so proud of you for that. I'm doing the work, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I'm doing the work. So just keep in mind, you cannot fix everybody. You cannot fix everything. You are not Bob the Builder. You cannot fix it. The 10th thing that I learned in my 20s is everyone shows love in a different way. Once I realized that everyone shows love in a different way, it 100% helped me out with relationships. 
relationships with my family, relationships with my friends. I haven't been in a, a romantic relationship, but I'm sure it'll help when I get to one. <laughs> but my love language is acts of service. So I show love to people by doing things for them. That's how I show people I love them. I love you, so I'm going to do this for you. You need this, so I'm going to make sure I get this done for you. That's how I show people that I love them. And so for a lot of my life, I equated people's love to my love language. So if said person didn't do this for me, then that means that they don't love me, where that's not true. People show love in different ways. I've known about the five love languages, but in my mind, the four didn't exist. The only one that existed was acts of service because that's how I show love. So you should show love that way too. <laughs> but everyone doesn't show love that way. And once I was able to actually turn that light switch on, that helped out so much because a lot of my value with people was found in me knowing that they loved me. And if they were not showing me acts of service and therefore they did not love me. So I had a lot of people that I loved and I was showing acts of service to who I just felt like weren't giving me that in return. So therefore, my worthiness dwindled. The importance of me in this world dwindled because I felt like I didn't have love from the people that I loved. I pray that that makes sense, but that is honestly how I felt. But once I realized this person's love language is quality time, so when they FaceTime you, that's showing you that they love you. Or when they give you a gift, a random gift at that, that's showing that they love you. Or if they are helping you out, that's showing that they love you. Love isn't always just the one thing that you think it is. People are going to show their love in different ways, and you have to acknowledge how that person shows their love so you can see it. But I will always reaffirm that love is an action. So you have to see it in some kind of way. If you cannot see that love being acted out from that person in any kind of way, then that person doesn't love you. And you shouldn't overextend yourself to someone who doesn't love you. Still love them. Because Christ says who is supposed to love, but you shouldn't overextend yourself to someone who is just not going to show you the love that you deserve. All right, you all. So I know that I have stopped at number 10, but I am going to go ahead and stop it here because the episode is getting quite lengthy. So what y'all need to do is tune in next week for part two, where I am going to go through numbers 11 through 20 of everything that I've learned from my decade of 20 okay it's gonna get so much better than it already has y'all let me know anything that you all have learned remember I said that let me know what you've learned in your age of 20 30 40 whatever age you are let me know one thing that is top tier on your list that you learned that God showed you but with that being said I do have some questions that I have every episode that you all need to answer for me what was your key takeaway and did you learn anything new? If you did, be sure to comment in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on the Spotify app, you can comment in the Q&A portion of that app. I do love hearing from you guys. So please do not hesitate and reach out so we can have a little commentary in the chat. I love it so much. Speaking of chat, if 
you are currently watching my YouTube premiere right now. I see you. We see each other. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your night and spending with me. I love spending time with you all. It's such a fun time. Thank you all for showing up. If you want to be a part of the YouTube premiere family, I do premiere the podcast episodes on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So go over there and subscribe and hit that bell notification so you can be notified every single time I go live or when I premiere an episode. It's a fun time, so definitely encourage you all to come over there and join us. And then if you listen on any of the podcasts and platforms, I appreciate you so much for listening and giving my little podcast a chance. I do do appreciate it so much. I see the numbers growing and it's absolutely astounding to me. If you happen to stumble upon my podcast, please go on my Instagram page, Obedience Podcast, and comment letting me know how you found me or comment the Bodhi emoji just so I know you're an audio listener. I really do appreciate you for giving my podcast a chance. And then I have to give a very special shout out to all of my Patreon members. Thank y'all so much for supporting the ministry over and above. It is so appreciated and it does not go unrecognized, unnoticed. Y'all mean the world to me. I'm going to step my game up and really do what y'all deserve, okay? If you do not know, I do have a Patreon where I have four different tiers. You can click the link in the show notes to check that out and determine which tier works best for you. All the proceeds go to supporting the ministry, but in each tier, I have behind-the-scenes content. I have free principles. I have bonus videos. There's a lot of things going on over there, so definitely go and check that out. And then regardless of wherever you are watching or listening, I want you all to share this episode with five of your friends. Sharing spreads the word of God and also helps ministry grow. So please be a digital disciple and share this with at least one. But Try five of your friends. And then remember, if you do have any high or low moments that you want to share to the podcast, you can always do so by going to our social media platforms, email address, or clicking the Google form submission link down in the show notes. And then if you want to be on the podcast for Testimony Tuesday, click the submission form in the show notes to be a part and share your testimony with everyone, okay? But with that being said, that's everything that I have for you all today. So I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. I pray that this episode found you blessed and I pray that it left you even more blessed. But in the meantime, in between time, as always, be obedient and I will see y'all next time. And be sure to come back next week to tune into part two. Ciao!